Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Riley's going to keep it and then throw. And Adarius Pullman's got a pair. Touchdown Eskimos. This one from 51 to tie it. Ball is up and it is... Sean White has done it again. Off the boards, two on two Oilers. McDavid has a step to the net. Back hitter to his side. He scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in overtime. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, this show has already taken an interesting turn, and it just started. (laughs) Oh, I got to say, I love you guys, especially on a uh, long weekend Friday going into the Labor Day weekend. The Labor Day Classic is Monday on 6.30, Chad. Coverage will start at 11.30 in the morning from McMahon Stadium in Calgary. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott. And kickoff will be at 1 p.m. The Eskimos and the Stampeders. I was doing a little researching today, doing some... Some book learning. In the last calendar year, which includes the last Labor Day Classic, so in the last calendar year, including playoffs, how about this? The Edmonton Eskimos are 16-5. and five. The Calgary Stampeders are 15-4-1. Three of those four losses have been to the Edmonton Eskimos. So, and one of the uh, Edmonton losses was to Calgary last Labor Day. So, uh, two franchises who have been doing great. Obviously, you know, the Eskimos went, uh, in, in the stretch I'm talking about last season, the Eskimos went 10-1, and including 10-0 and to finish the uh, regular season and the playoffs. So, it is a big showdown. Bo Levi Mitchell at quarterback for Calgary. Mike Riley at quarterback for your Edmonton Eskimos. I think the two best players in the league so far this season. Uh, you know, I, I have interesting debates with people about who I think the best player is overall, but certainly the two most outstanding players in the league so far this season and uh, will be, hopefully, an exciting game. Winnipeg-Saskatchewan, of course, will play on Sunday and the, the later game on Monday, another one of the traditional matchups that is between Hamilton and Toronto. Some uh, other notes quickly from today before we uh, bring you some interviews from Eskimos practice. Canada losing a key match today in men's soccer, trying to qualify for the World Cup in Honduras. Canada beaten 2-1. Nick Ledgerwood from FC Edmonton was subbed into the game in the second half. A crippling loss for Canada. They have one game left in their pool. Even if they win, they will likely not make it to the final stage of CONCACAF qualifying for the next World Cup. Sean Monaghan from the Calgary Flames will not play in the World Cup of Hockey because of a back strain. Vincent Trocek from the Florida Panthers will replace him. Jeff Carter out of the lineup now for Team Canada. He has a lower lower body injury. Corey Perry will take over there. Toronto Maple Leafs goaltender Frederick Anderson upper body injury today in an Olympic qualifier playing for Denmark against Slovenia. He's going to go to Toronto for further evaluation. He's uh, 
have been signed to a five-year, $25 million contract by the Toronto Maple Leafs. The, uh, the, the reason I... I brought up right off the top of the show that the the, the program has already taken an interesting turn. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this because uh, I realize this is probably not everybody's sense of humor. But if you've listened to the show at all, you know that sometimes... uh, Well, sometimes I'm weird and sometimes I'm into weird stuff. So we're going to have a story coming up that Darius Bowman told... Uh, Morley Scott. It's actually a, a, a full about, it's a pretty good three-minute interview with the Darius Bowman, just about Labor Day Classics and some of his experiences. So in a few minutes, you'll hear Darius get into it in more detail about throwing up on the sideline of a Labor Day Classic right after showing a touchdown, right, scoring a touchdown. So I was joking with Jay, <laughs> somehow it came up, you know those things on Twitter, you know, where they'll say replace something with something. So I, I said we should replace a word in a movie title uh, with the word vomit. So people have been texting into 630-630. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, this, is, this has drawn more reaction on the text line on this show since the day Milan Lucic was signed as the Oilers and the same week as Taylor Hall was traded. This is now the third most popular inside sports topic with our texting audience. Number one, the Hall trade. Number two, Lucic signing. Number three, replace a word in a movie title with vomit. I'll just read some of them. 51st Vomits, <laughs> Monty Python and the Holy Vomit. That one's good. A vomit runs through it. Yeah. <laughs> vomit in 60 seconds. Uh, I like this one. My big fat Greek vomit. Uh, that's just a few of them. I'm not. They're all. They're all fairly funny. Maybe I'll read some more later on in the show. But I don't want to turn this into inside vomit. It is uh, inside sports on 6:30. Chat. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This portion of Inside Sports, by the way, brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Okay, Kellen, do you know who leads the all-time season series between the uh, Eskimos and the Stampeders? I believe we do. Do you know what the tally is? That's a tough one. Oh gosh. Uh... 67, 54, 9? I don't know. Okay, let's hold on, Kellen. God, I love you, buddy. Just hang on. <laughs> Just hang on. Okay. I'm gonna... <laughs> Kellen and I don't... I mean, here's the thing. It's talk radio. We don't rehearse a lot of stuff. Uh, Kellen, I'm lucky, Kellen, you and Matthew both have pretty good sports knowledge, mm-hmm. especially about Edmonton teams. So I yes. know if I want to bring you in on a topic, that you guys will be fine. So you said the Eskimos on Labor Day are 67, 54, and nine. I thought you meant lifetime. No, you didn't say Labor Day. No, I said Labor Day. Are you sure? They have not been playing on Labor Day for 130 no, years. No, okay. Okay, Labor Day-wise. <laughs> Just Labor Day. What do you think I said? I, I thought you meant lifetime. I thought you meant the lifetime head-to-head. Oh, of, so, oh, oh, of every game of every against game, Calgary. Every no, no, game sorry, against Calgary. Just... just <laughs> <laughs> the CFL has been around since 1896, according yes. to Kellen Kennedy. No, seriously. Uh, what do you think the Esk's Labor Day record is? They are ahead in the Labor Day series. Okay. Uh, realistically, probably, I'd say... I should tell you how many games they've played. They've okay, played how many? Uh, 54 games. 54 games, okay. So 25... Uh, 20 and... And, and maybe there's got to be some ties in there, so maybe like two or three ties, something like that. Okay. Those are just well, your ballpark, math is yeah. horrible. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 30, 23, and 1. All right, there we go. <laughs> that took a lot longer than I thought it, it was did. going to. The Eskimos all-time are 30, 23, and 1. Just some free, uh, by the way, remember these facts. 
Okay. There will be a test later. There will later? be a test later because okay. we're going to give away tickets to the rematch. Okay, so these and are important. I may, I may ask a trivia question on air. Mm-hmm. That, that may be some of some of these little uh, tidbits here. Okay. Okay. The Eskimos are 30-23-1 on Labor Day. The Stampeders, however, have won four in a row and six of the last seven. The Stampeders own the longest winning streak in the history of the series. They won six in a row from 1993 to 1998. Uh, the last time, just because of uh, scheduling and the way things were going, the last time the Labor Day Classic was not played, Edmonton at Calgary on Labor Day Monday, was 1981. 1981. 1981. Okay? Last time it wasn't played. Uh, you can check 630-630. I was looking back on uh, some of the, uh, and as I've mentioned Kellen, several times, I, I uh, besides hosting the show and talking about the Eskimos, I, I do have a life outside of the show, uh, and I've had Edmonton Eskimo seasons tickets since 1997, and obviously have been following the CFL my entire life. I was I was looking back on some of the Labor Day games. Now the Stampeders have an edge in the series, really since uh, if you look since 1992, the uh, Eskimos have only won eight times since 1992. And Calgary is the home team, and they've had some pretty good teams. Mm. So I was thinking about some of my favorite memories, and I'll, conf- I'll confine it to the last 20 years since that's when I've had Eskimo season tickets. Certainly my number one would be the 2001 game yeah. when the uh, Eskimos win 33-32 on a last-second field goal by Sean Fleming. Jason Moss, who was still a relatively new quarterback to the Edmonton Eskimos, remember he supplanted Neilon Green during that season. Um... Big scramble up the middle when he couldn't find a receiver to get the Eskimos uh, in a close field goal range, and then Fleming nails it for the win. I think another one that would stand out in terms of the Eskimos winning a close game, in 1999, they went into McMahon Stadium as huge underdogs, and they won in overtime, stuffing Calgary on the one-yard line mm. to, to, win it, to, to win it on defense. Those, those are the two highlights for me. The Eskimos' last one in 2011, that one wasn't close. 35-7, the Eskimos pulled away. Was that not the game where people on Twitter started the Baby Hank hashtag? Yes. Because Burris kind of, well, the fans were booing the Stamps and mm-hmm. Burris because they weren't playing well. Ed- yeah. Edmonton really controlled the game. And Burris, you know, was through a couple errant passes. And did he not kind of pump his fist at the fans? Like, kind of like, leave me alone! Yeah, it was like the uh, the old Patrick Waugh, the equivalent of the old Patrick Waugh salute to the fans after the, the save on the night that he got traded and that stuff, right? So that was the beginning of the downfall of Burris in Calgary because wasn't it later that year, the Western semifinal here where Edmonton trounced them and then Burris was gone that offseason, right? Uh, yes, that was, yeah. Uh, this texture, uh, sign your name to your text if you can, please. I do prefer that. This uh, unnamed texture says, uh, I'm an Eskimos fan. Unfortunately, there is zero chance that Edmonton wins either game. Too many things have to be perfect just for the Eskimos to win. It is going to get ugly just being realistic. Well, I mean, to say there is zero chance, I think, is a stretch. To say that Calgary is favored and should be a significant favorite, I don't think is a stretch. I think Calgary is a better team. I think they have been playing better uh, as a whole. I do think there's a, a there's a gap between the two teams. I don't, I don't think the gap is so pronounced that I would give the Eskimos zero chance, though. I, I would not give the Eskimos zero chance. I, I would definitely favor Calgary, absolutely. Uh, they're a more well-rounded team. 
they uh, dis- despite I mean that's interesting they have had changes but they've they've also had a lot of things remain the same and Dave Dickinson goes to being the head coach well he's been on the staff for seven years before becoming the head coach so it's not like he's just a an out of nowhere coach brought in Calgary's the better team um we keep but you know it's only halfway the season we keep getting more information going into last year's Labor Day Classic we were saying Calgary was the better team and they won the Labor Day Classic the Eskimos won the rematch and then didn't lose so you know things can change things ramp up at this time of year it is 617 it is inside sports on 630 Chad you will hear from one of the key guys for the Eskimos Darius Bowman when we get back This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, speaking of Adarius Bowman, he sat down with Morley Scott at Eskimos practice today. Uh, honestly, I think, like I say, this game, and I think it's, uh, in a certain sense, it's bigger than just the players. You know, I think uh, the community, uh, everybody in the office, people that works, media, everybody, you know, for a whole year, you could say you was the one who won that game. You know, on the low, to yourself, you know. And like I said, I think it's from the tradition of it, you know, so uh, we're going to make it great for our fans this year. And, and more and more. Eskimo fans are going down, too. I, I know of three or four buses that have been I chartered. To I, say, I, th- I know a lot of people that have been talking about this year, you know, coming down. Like I say, uh, maybe it's what's the carryover from last year. You know, guys, I mean, the fans are buying in more to what we're doing right here. But I think that's a part of what I say. It's, it's bigger than just the player sometimes. The community even gets aboard. You know, for a whole year, you can say you was there for that game, and this is the game you want to be at. What are you going to do to beat Calgary this year? You've watched them. I mean, they're seven one and one. I thought they'd take a bit of a hit this year with the changes they made, but you know, they, they just—they yeah, they just keep rolling. Like I continue to say, I think it's their organization, their staff. You know, so hats off to them. They do have great players. Uh, for us, I think it's—it comes down to discipline, and this is our goal: is discipline. Hard-nosed football because it's going to be a tough game. Nothing's going to be given to us and have the most fun you ever had in your life. It's nothing to be down about, man. It's the Labor Day Classic. I always love the build-up to this game. You know, everything about it. You know, the crowds, you smell a lot more food before the game. Everybody's been out there barbecuing, hanging out, you know. And and so for me, like I say, it's bigger than the players. It's about the fans. But our goal is to win and it's being disciplined, playing hard-nosed football, and enjoying ourselves every play. Now, go back. I think it was 2011. Okay. Was that the game where you lost your lunch after touchdown? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I had, uh, I think we played them earlier that year, and I had a little rib. I had cracked the rib, so I was out for a few weeks. We came back, and that was when we won down there. And I did. Scored a touchdown, and it all came up. I'll never forget that moment. That's funny you brought that up. It was that long ago? Yeah, that was in that game. I was. Uh, you just scored a touchdown. You're on the bench. Yep. TSN's got the close-up on you, and you got to give it the old, excuse me, please. One second. One second. Not this year, though. This year, I'm going for day. It'll take me like four touchdowns before I give it up this year. <laughs> and that'd be fine. I think everyone would accept that. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah. If I get the four, i give it up just because I got four touchdowns if I need to. That was also the game with the trick play on the kickoff, too. Oh, yeah. I had me some returning yards. Yeah. We, Nate Kuhar actually pointed that out the other day. Uh, I went out, coaches was like, AD, man, can you return? My receiver coach asked me. I'm like, nah, man. Last time I returned the game was 2011 in Calgary. So, yeah, uh, if they need me, though, I'm ready. But 
I don't think they need me for that this year. Right here, that's what Labor Day is all about. Right? Oh, this is memories it. and talking this about it. This is it. That's why I say it's almost bigger than just the players. It's a tradition that holds with that battle of Alberta. And I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of it. I know I was in Winnipeg for some years, Saskatoon for a while. No offense to those, the better Alberta's was at. Like I said, it gets no better than that. Thanks. Yeah, right in time for the Alberta weather, so everybody know about this. Thanks, Darius. Good luck today. No problem. Always, thanks. All right, that's a Darius Bowman from the Edmonton Eskimos in conversation with Eskimos play-by-play voice Morley Scott Bowman. Always a great interview. He can text 630-630. So, yeah, he threw up on the on the sideline after getting a touchdown. That's how this uh, whole regurgitation theme started for the show tonight. Sean texting in. He says, uh, hey, Reed, I'm a teacher who resumes school on Tuesday, and I can't wait for Monday. How messed up is that? Actually wanting the long weekend to come to an end. I'm a lifelong Eskimos fan. We win this game, we win the cup, or not. Uh, we'll all know from We Don't Care Toronto in November. The Grey Cup should only be played in Edmonton or Regina or Winnipeg. And yes, I do understand TV crap and the center of the universe nonsense. Sorry for the horrific grammar. I can teach, but I can't text on this too damn small keyboard. And damned if I'm deleting all these words after the hell I just went through. Go asks. That is from Sean. Wow, there's an early nomination for text of the night. Absolutely. Sean getting ready to start clearly his last weekend off. He's clearly starting his Labor Day weekend with Inside Sports and already apparently several craft beers. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. No. It's craft beer weather. Sean, just just <laughs> tell you what, Sean, text me back. Just let me know what you've had so far, what's coming up next out of the fridge. Or you can just, you know, friend me on Untapped and check in your beers. That's a, that's a beautiful text. Uh, you can text 630-630. Phone number is 780-496-0063. Oh, Sean says uh, Calgary can also host the Grey Cup as well. He just texted back. So... Calgary, Winnipeg, Regina, and uh, Edmonton get the Grey Cup. Oz says, I see the Eskimos winning for one reason, Connor McDavid. Then Oz says, no, seriously, the team is gelling and will start to show cohesion on offense and defense as the season progresses. Sean saying the Eskimos will take both games against the Stampeders. There's a little hometown confidence. All right. More texts as we move along. Jen Kish, Olympic bronze medalist from the Rugby Sevens team, will be in studio from 7 to 8, and uh, we'll take questions and comments from you on the text line and the phone line as we move along. Jen's going to be with us uh, from 7 to 8. That's going to be fun. Randy Chevre, he was on both sides of the Labor Day Classic. He is next. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. The Blue Jays and Tampa Bay are tied uh, 2-2, fifth inning just starting there. I can also tell you FC Edmonton playing a North American Soccer League match in Ottawa tonight. They fell behind 2-0. Daryl Fordyce has just scored his second goal of the game, and it's 2-2 with about 
half an hour left. FC Edmonton, 12-4-4 uh, and on the season. They're doing very well. They have allowed only 10 goals in 20 matches. So uh, we'll tell you how that one wraps up as we move along tonight. The Labor Day Classic, Eskimos and Stampeders coming up on Monday afternoon. Always a fun one. And, hey, I'm pleased to welcome to the show a guy who played a long time in the CFL, and he played for both franchises. It is Randy Chevrier. Randy, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing, man? Fine. How are you, Reed? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Show, uh, I mean, you were you were more uh, spent more time as a Calgary Stampeder, but uh, you started off your career in uh, Green and Gold. What was it? Were you a first round draft pick back in two thousand one? Yes, I was. I was. Uh, I was actually sitting in uh, in one hundred and ten degree Fahrenheit heat in Jacksonville Jaguars uh, minicamp uh, between practices when I got the call that I had been selected uh, fifth overall by the Eskimos. At the time, it would have been uh, uh, Coach Tom Higgins. Uh, it would have been um, uh, Greg Marshall and uh, also uh, the Don that were uh, involved in uh, in, the, in uh, selecting me. What what was that like early in your career? And I look, you're you're Canadian. I'm Canadian. We all love the Canadian Football League, but but we know what a juggernaut the NFL is, and we certainly know about uh, the financial opportunities when you compare one league for another. So what was it? What was it like for you? I guess. You know, knowing that you had the Eskimo opportunity, but obviously working really hard to uh, to live a dream and play in the NFL as well. Yeah, well, it was kind of a whirlwind for me. I had only started playing football at 18, so by the time I uh, I got drafted uh, out of McGill, uh, I had only played six full years of football. And uh, getting drafted to the NFL back in those days uh, in uh, 2001 was uh, tremendously uh, different than it is these days. I mean, anyone. Uh, with YouTube and uh, and an internet connection, can post uh, videos online and and post you know shots of them working out, and the exposure is uh, tremendous in this day and age. But back then, uh, you know, uh, internet was dial-up, uh, YouTube didn't exist, and if you wanted exposure, you were you know you were sending as many video cassettes out as you could uh, to coaches, and some teams you know I'd send three or four cassettes out. So I was dubbing video cassettes and and trying to get my name out uh, alongside my agent back then. And uh, I'll never forget when I was drafted by the Eskimos, uh, I was locked up in my sister's room in our house because she was the only one that had a, had a computer at the time. And uh, I would have to dial up, you know, that really annoying sound every <laughs> 10 minutes or so all weekend long just to see if I got drafted. And then I'd have to hang up right away in case someone called. Oh, jeez. Uh, so, uh, you know, but... But you know, being being called uh, back then by the NFL was was obviously uh, a big honor and almost like an impossibility. But just as impossible, uh, you know, uh, when I was heading into all that was was um, the opportunity to play in the CFL. Like I said, you know, when you start at 18, all I wanted to do was was was, was hit someone. And then uh, <laughs> six years later, uh, I just uh, I'll never forget uh, going to my first CFL combine and meeting all these coaches that. You know, I was watching all these guys, and I was looking up to all these people. And, uh, you know, it's never been lost on me. Even uh, 15 years later, uh, sitting here, um, uh, I still always said that, you know, I was a fan of the game, and I will be a fan a lot longer than I'll ever be a player. Now I happened to play 15 years, but even at that, I still love the CFL and football in general. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just a big fan. So, I, you know, I've always treated my career – as um, as an opportunity, 
and uh, a privilege. And, and I've always felt like I was just this everyday guy uh, that got to live a dream that most guys would love to do. Randy, how come you didn't start playing football till you were 18? Well, uh, a couple of things. I mean, I, I grew up uh, uh, in mostly an immigrant neighborhood in Montreal, uh, Italian neighborhood. Uh, football, first of all, wasn't the top sport. Uh, the Alouettes had left town during the 80s, so uh, the popularity of the sport was on the decline. Uh, I, was, uh, I was a major Montreal Canadiens fan back in the day, and uh, I just didn't have the exposure to football. And it was completely by accident that I got into the sport. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm very lucky that I did, because had it not come for uh, a decline for a military service, I may never have strapped on football pads. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, life has a has a really strange way of t- uh, tossing your curveballs once in a while. But every once in a while, you you smoke a curveball out of the park, and uh, and it works out. So you were you were hoping to go into the military, and then you you wound up in football as a backup almost. Well, you know what? It was actually my dream to go into the military, and uh, I'll never forget. I got a call from the recruiter. And he said, "Well, uh, you you can't be a soldier in the in the, in the army, but uh, you could be a cook." And I said, "Well, you know, sir, uh, with all due respect, if I, if I wanted to be a cook, I wasn't going to join the army." And uh, that was the end of that. And I had missed all my hockey camps. It was, you know, it was mid September, so I missed a lot of my hockey camps at the time. I played I played really terrible uh, terrible level junior hockey, but I still wanted to play hockey. But I missed all the camps. And I had a bunch of buddies that played football, and they said, you should give it a try. And uh, actually, the first funny thing, after, after I, I recouped my bearings from, uh, from the military uh, uh, thing that, that kind of crushed me, I went on to try out for, uh, uh, for a local uh, college team, CJEP in Quebec. And I, I talked to the coach and said, I'd like to play football. And he said, well, son, if you've never played or never watched, you'll never play at this level. So I had to adjust the plan, but... Uh, uh, in fact, uh, Edmonton Eskimo fans will know this, uh, or may know this, that the first coach that actually let me on the football field for major football in Montreal was the old uh, Great Cup winning coach for uh, for Edmonton, Danny Machocha. He was my first coach ever. And uh, and things just kind of followed from there. And I uh, went to McGill for five years, and, uh, you know, played in the East-West Shrine game, got drafted in the NFL, a few ups and downs in between, and and here we are sitting here. Well, Randy, great story, man. Thanks for sharing that. Randy Chevre joining us on Inside Sports. Played for both the Eskimos and the Stampeders. Uh, he has a lot of memories of, of uh, the Labor Day classics that he took part in. I, I know you played in a, a bunch more as a Stampeder, but uh, certainly uh, a memorable one in 2003 when the Eskimos went on to win the Grey Cup. That that was the, the brawl year, was it not? Where yes. Sanchez, Hervey, and Hervey wound up striking the official and all that. What do you remember about that? Well, I'll tell you how it all started. Uh, I, I remember it quite vividly. Um, Ricky Ray was uh, was coming out of bounds, and uh, defensive tackle for uh, for Edmonton, Anton Smith, I think was his name, pushed Ricky right through the Gatorade uh, table. So I took issue with Anton, and uh, I shoved him down, and then next thing you know, uh, all hell broke loose. And uh, it, the, the brawl was on the sidelines. I remember Coach Higgins, if you ask him, Coach Tom Higgins back in the day, he, I think he was at the bottom of the pile uh, on his back with everyone brawling over him. And then somehow, you know, Ed and, and uh, 
and Sanchez had some fantastic battles back in those days. Uh, you know, the Eskimos and the Alouettes were the top two teams in the league for quite a number of years. And Ed and and uh, and Davis, I mean, they they you know they were fierce competitors, and they got into it. And that's when Ed Ed uh, swung his helmet, uh, but on the way to swinging his helmet, knocked the official out. And then uh, that took place, I remember, at, at midfield. And then Coach Daly for the Stampeders at the time, he started running across the field. Oh, it was a, I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, you know, every coach will tell you that that's shameful. But uh, I'm telling you, for the fans, if you were on either side of the, of the, of the stands and you were a Red fan or a Green fan back in the day, I mean, that just got it the whole day fired up. It was, it was crazy. But you know what? I remember we lost that game. Wayne McGarity returned a, a missed field goal for a touchdown. And uh, uh, we lost that game, but we did go on to win the Great Cup in 2003. And, and uh, you know, you asked before if I had some memories of Edmonton. Uh, you know, when you walk by the stadium there, the equipment room, and I see Dwayne every once in a while, and you see the sign once in Eskimo, always in Eskimo. There's always a place in my heart for the yes. Uh, I mean, I had two years where we went all the way to the Great Cup, and some of the greatest fans in the CFL lived there, and I had such a great experience. So, well, you you played on a lot of good teams because then you won, won uh, a couple more Grey Cups with the Stamps, or was it just yeah, one? No, you won uh, two, right? Yeah, won a uh, Grey Cup in 2008 and uh, won uh, two years ago in 2014. What well, what's the lead up like? And again, you were on both sides, but what's the lead up like to? To to Labor Day, I mean, I asked I asked Bo Levi Mitchell this yesterday. I asked fans, I asked broadcasters. I, I mean, there's one side of it that you might say it shouldn't feel any different. It should feel like a regular season game you want to win. And then you know, there's the other side of it where people say, well, sometimes you remember that more than your playoff games from that year. What what is it like? Well, you know, what's a what's an athlete going through an Eskimo or a Stampeder? You know, over this weekend, what's this lead up like? To be truthful, the week in preparation for the game is pretty much the same. You got to treat it as the next opponent, um, regardless of the standings. It's always been a case of you know what we realize that the league. I mean, every game in the CFL is like that. Anyone can beat anyone. We know that. This is that's the history of the league, right? But this is truly one of those games where you kind of pay attention to the fact that we don't care if we're the top team in the standings or the bottom. This game, anyone can take. It. And so there's a little bit more of that, which which is always prevalent. You know, every week coaches remind you guys, you know, whatever opponent you're playing, they've got good players, we've got good players, let's play our game, blah, blah, blah. And it's a very much normal week of practice. But I think everything ignites, and I think that's the word, ignites the morning of the game. That Labor Day Classic takes a different toll for the players when the Jets fly over, uh, when, 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 when you know you go on for the pregame warm-up, it's usually a one o'clock game. It ignites. It, it's like it's almost like it's bottled up, and no one really minds any attention to it. And then it just explodes. And it seems like almost every year between Calgary and Edmonton, when they hit the field on Labor Day Classic, something happens to spark. I remember in 2010, uh, it was Patrick Cabongo and Jeff Pilon pregame meet at center line, like two six foot seven, 350 pound guys beating each other's chest, ready to go at it, and then it was on. You know what I mean? It was just like everyone felt it. And then last year, you know, the whole issue with the um, the handshake that was going on, you know, or the non-handshake, it just, something sparks it, and then it becomes a game. And if the game is played the way both teams feel they can play, it becomes one of those memorable experiences. 
Do you have a favorite one, Randy? Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, I'll have to say the brawl was one of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget that. Uh, and that was when I was in Edmonton. I'll have to say um, when we uh, when I was with Calgary and we beat Edmonton, I think it was like 52 to 5. Um, and uh, I think uh, two years ago, we are on the way to the Great Cup. I, I, I believe we won that game. I, I know there's another story. I'll tell you if you like, if you have time, I'll share another story. For sure. Uh, two years ago, I think it was 2014. Actually, I think that might have been the year or the year, be- or the year before. I think Kerry Joseph was out on the field, so I'm not sure his last year was Eskimos. And uh, uh, Grant Shaw's punting the ball out of the end zone, and he's he's like blasting these balls they're like rockets and they're hitting our kicker who's about to kick off right so our kicker <laughs> says a couple of words to grant shaw and then grant shaw yells at our kicker so i start yelling at grant shaw and i know i, I know grant he's a good guy but at the time i think he missed a couple of game winners so i just i just chirped at him like that and then Kerry gets into it with me and everyone's laughing because the two oldest guys on the team are just yelling. Those two grandpas on the team are yelling, right? And I'll never forget that game because that game was the game where, uh, where Grant hit the, hit the post and, and we wound up winning at the end of the game, right? So, so yeah. there's, always, there's always something going on and there's always some little tidbit of drama. So uh, I'm excited for this one. Um, you know, uh, Monday is going to be my first uh, Labor Day Classic and you know, in 15 years that I get to kind of uh, be an observant in, 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 uh, in a manner that's different than as a player. 2010, yeah, you're right. It was 52-5 for Calgary, and then it was that 2013 game. Stampeders win 37-34, uh, uh, and right. Shaw missed the field. I, yeah, he missed the field goal. I think he was wide in Calgary, and then he hit the upright, I believe, the rematch. Uh, or no, sorry, it was 31-30. Uh, sorry, 2012, it was 31-30 for the Stamps. He was wide and then hit the upright to back in 2012. The 2013 yeah. game one was when you guys, the Stamps, were way ahead and uh, yeah. Riley almost brought Edmonton back in the last 12 minutes. Probably. Oh, that's when, you know what? That's when he came off the bench, right? When he, he had been uh, six-game injured. It was his first game back, and I'm not sure who started that game. And then he came back off the bench, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, last year he came off the bench, too, for Franklin. Uh, and it wound up 16-7 for Calgary. Uh, oh, but yeah. I think the 2013 game, Calgary was ahead something like 37-7, and then it yeah, ended 37-34. I got one more for you, Randy. Randy Chevrier on Inside Sports, uh, former long snapper with the Eskimos and the Stamps, uh, played defensive tackle as well. I, I usually ask this of, of ex-players because I enjoy the answers that I get. Who was the best player you ever played with, and who was the best player you played against? Oh, gosh. That's tough. Um, since I played in both games uh, in both Labor Day uh, for both teams I'll say uh, I'll say pick a player for each team how about that sure uh, Labor Day uh, so as an Eskimo best player I ever played with bar none Ricky Ray okay uh, uh, bar none and uh, as a St. Peter Nick Lewis oh really okay uh, those are the two I mean I mean two guys that bring everything every game uh, those are my you know I they stand out to me. I mean, there's there's many guys. I mean, I've played with, with so many Hall of Famers. I've been very fortunate, like I said, to be the everyman guy in the locker room with some of these guys. But Nick and Ricky, best. And uh, player to play against. Ooh, gosh. Uh, like, best or the worst battles? Well, yeah, like, who, who toughest? Challenge you the most, I guess. Uh, well, on the uh, long camping front, 
Uh, when I was at Edmonton, I used to get into some vicious battles with Wade Miller, who's currently oh, wow. president of the Bombers. He was he was dirty. He was a dirty little special teams player. So I'd say uh, I'd say Wade was one of them. Uh, when I was with the Stamps, uh, and uh, early in my career with the Stamps, I was playing some D line. Uh, uh, myself and Rob Murphy got into it quite a bit, and Rob uh, had quite a quite a reputation in the league. So, uh, uh, but I get along well with Rob. But he, I would say, he was. He's a pretty darn tough guy to play against. Randy, this was a great interview. I, I hope we can do it again. I really appreciated your your insight and some of the stories from your career. And you're going to be doing some uh, radio with our station down there. Is it for this weekend or later in the season? Well, for this weekend, I'm actually um, uh, the next two games, next two home games, I'll be working with uh, QR770 Sports, uh, helping the broadcast crew on the sidelines and in the pregame show. So uh, uh, this will be my first uh, game. I'll be a helping in the pregame, observing on the sidelines, and then the game after that, a little bit more active role. And then who knows, if, uh, if I get an opportunity further down the line to, uh, to continue, I'd, I'd uh, definitely enjoy that. Well, we'll have you on this show again for sure, Randy. Great stuff, man. Thanks for making time for us on a Friday. Anytime, Reed. Thanks so much, and uh, let's have a good one on Monday. That is Randy Chevrier checking in. Wow, that was a great interview. Uh, good memories. Uh, interesting story of how he became a professional football player. Didn't start until he was 18, and it was because some of his dreams of uh, getting into the military were dashed. 780-496-0063 is our open line. You can also text 630-630. Back after this break. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Tuning in, Olympic bronze medalist Jen Kish coming up after the 7 o'clock news. going to be great to have her in studio, and uh, you'll be able to interact with uh, Jen as well if you want to text, tweet, or uh, even call in while she's here. But we do have some uh, open line now. I think a couple of uh, football fans want to chime in on the Labor Day Classic. Is this Matthew from Section O? You betcha, Reed. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you got about, uh, can you keep it to about 90 seconds tonight? I'll give you 89 seconds because that's all it's going to take because Labor Day is one of the biggest games of the year. I'm 29 years old. This is going to be, get this, this is going to be my 17th Labor Day Classic. Awesome. It, that's how many it, you've gone to. It is. I can, I can remember my very first Labor Day. I never had season tickets, to, and I, I was about 11 years old. I begged my mom. I says, Mom, we got to go to Labor Day. Oh, Matthew, it's not such a good idea. You know, she's all scared because you're going in the opposing stadium. And I think that's how it's kind of molded my attitude now towards the Eskimos right now. It's basically take no prisoners. Crazy things happen on Labor Day. Crazy things happen. The stars align. People hit harder. The game, it's like Grey Cup 2.0. You never know exactly how it's going to shake down. This is the only game of the year where I can honestly say you throw the records, you throw the standings out the window, take everything that you know up until this point, throw it in the trash, light it on fire, get rid of it, because Labor Day is the day that the CFL season really kicks off. 
and I'm bringing down the full circus. We got 265 people sitting up in Upper Section B at McMahon Stadium. We're going to be loud. We're going to be raucous. And Bolivar Mitchell is not going to know what's going to hit him when Armando Sewell and Odell Willis come off the line and pow right into the turf. So that's all I really got to say about Labor Day. It's one of my favorite games of the year. I can't wait. I hope Eskimo fans come down in droves. They cheer. You yell. You drink lots, and we all have fun. Reed. See you later. That is Matthew from Sectional, always passionate, as is this gentleman, though he usually only calls in after hockey games. It's JP on the line. Hey, JP. Well, I'll tell you right now, that might have been the best 89-plus seconds I've ever heard in my life. I'll tell you right now, this guy is fired up. I love his passion. Go Eskimo. But I wanted to say right now, you know what, It's been a long time since I taught you. I hope you're having a hell of a summer. How has it been? It's been outstanding. How's yours? <laughs> It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Outside of this weather, I was looking forward to a nice long weekend. But you know what? Now I'm sitting inside the house and I'm talking to you. But you know what? That made my long weekend a lot better. Starting talking with Reed, and I feel like hockey is in the air. But I'll tell you right now, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch McDavid. I can't wait to watch this kid play at the World Cup. It's going to be the best thing I've ever seen. And then the season starts. JP's gone. He couldn't. He couldn't hold it together. Uh, usually, he's able to hold it together. He, he couldn't tonight. But he's. Uh, he likes Labor Day. He likes inside sports. He likes hockey. He likes everything. Usually, he talks about how much he likes red wine. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, you can win four tickets to the Labor Day rematch next Saturday. You have to answer a trivia question live on air, and it will be based on the Labor Day facts I gave out earlier in the show. You can get in line now, 780-496-0063. So you'll be in after 7.05. And then we have Jen Kish from the Canada Rugby Sevens team. Well, they just happened to have won an Olympic medal about three weeks ago, and uh, we will have audience interaction with her as well. So it's going to be fun in the next hour of the show. Stick around. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.